You're listening to audio from Grove Park Baptist Church. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.groveparkchurch.net. Jesus hasn't been talking much in our text as we've walked through. Indeed, in our very first look at these portraits of grace, indeed, at our very first look at these portraits of grace, Jesus was silent. There was nothing that he was saying. He's maintained his silence as he has gone on along the path. He's been quiet, according to Scripture. You and I may think that somewhere along the way that there was a there was a groan, maybe, under the weight of the cross. It's not recorded. It may have been a cry of agony somewhere along the path as the thorns upon his brow dug a little deeper. It's not recorded. Maybe there was a thank you. We, we would uh, think that the Lord being as gracious as he is, that there was a thank you to Simon as Simon took the cross up. It's not recorded. This whole path to the cross from Pilate's hall, Jesus is quiet. Until here. Until here. Jesus breaks his silence here. And in doing so, gives us a picture of how disruptive grace can be. See, this first disruption is a continuation of what Luke has been doing again and again and again in his gospel. Which we looked at way back in in Advent. He is showing forth Jesus' ministry to women. Women, as we saw, who are often overlooked and thought less of in first century Palestine. But here, Jesus takes a moment to speak to them. And you may think, well... He's just speaking to his friends who are following along, right? He's just speaking to, to all those women that back in Luke 8 that are helping him along their journey. There's no fault, though, according to scholars, that that is what is going on here. They think that these are a commonplace occurrence, that these women were paid to be there. You see, in Jewish culture, there were women who were paid to mourn, paid to wail and grieve at a a funeral, or paid to wail and grieve as someone is going to their death. Jesus isn't saying to these women, blessed are you, to friends. He's talking to people that maybe he just wants them to be quiet. But he speaks to them nevertheless. Beloved, grace is disruptive because it very often goes to the people that we think deserve it least. It very often goes to people that we overlook. It goes to people that we think maybe don't deserve it. 
not only does it invade from those places, it goes to those places. And the question for us this morning is, are we the ones who extend that grace to people who we think don't deserve it? If you were to read further in this account in Luke, you would find Jesus speaking again. He will speak to the Father, but he will also speak to the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross that another of the Gospels tells us is reviling him. At some point, though, he switches and he goes back and asks him, would he remember him? And Jesus says yes and gives him that grace, that blessing. It's hard to imagine. But Jesus is offering grace to the least of these. Beloved, do you allow grace to disrupt your life by giving it and receiving it from those you don't think? But notice also this morning that in the text, Jesus is doing one other thing. He is showing us that grace disrupts the natural progression of life. Would you notice with me verse number 28? But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breast that never nurse. You see... In ancient Israel, women who were unable to conceive were thought cursed by God. They were not blessed. They thought that people thought that they had done something wrong, that God was punishing them. They looked down upon them. And Jesus says to them, these will be the ones who are considered blessed. These will be the ones who receive grace. Just for a moment, beloved, how often do we do the same thing today? How often is it in our lives that we think that the people who have all the most stuff that the people who look the most successful, the people who seem to have the life of ease, the people who nothing ever goes wrong for them are the people that are truly graced and blessed. And how often is it that as we look into those lives and we think, boy, I wish I was them, do we miss grace disrupting us as we understand that we are just as blessed as they are, despite what we don't have. You know, you and I often miss grace, I think, because we don't give God enough thanks for what he is doing in our lives. We're always comparing, we're always thinking, if I just had this, or I just had that. But grace turns everything like that up on its side. And grace says, 
you are blessed. Notice what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. Go through it in your leisure in Matthew chapter number 5. Jesus says that the people who are blessed, the people that are graced, are those who are meek, those who mourn, those who are persecuted, those who are reviled. I'm not really sure, but I find it hard sometimes to think about people who are mourning blessed. This week I've had to go and preach funerals for two friends. And at no point along the path did I ever think, boy, how grace-filled am I right now in my sorrow and in my pain. Beloved, will you allow grace to disrupt your life today by letting you see for just a moment how blessed you are as you quit comparing your life to someone else's and just see what God is doing in you. Can you imagine if you did it for just a second how much more thunderous your praise and worship of God would be? If you did it for just a second, do you imagine just how different your prayer life might be instead of continually asking God to do something to help you better if for just a moment you just thanked him for what he was already doing and felt that grace not disrupt but erupt in your life even more. I think you would find life very different. I think you would find life very different and you would spend far less time lamenting and far more t greater time praising. Now, we've talked at two points along this path. We've talked at two points about how grace is disruptive, how grace changes the normal flow of things, how Jesus is showing disruptive grace as he's acknowledging women along the path that are often overlooked, how Jesus shows us that in his message to these women that grace is disruptive because it changes the natural flow of how we think. But for just a, a second here at the end, I want you to think about disruption from a different perspective. You see, disruption is not simply turning things upside down. Disruption means also the cessation of an event. Think for just a moment about the 1970s. Do you remember the 1970s? You may have want to forgot the, the, the fashion of the 1970s, but just for a moment, think about the 1970s and what was disrupted in the American life. The flow of oil was disrupted. And we had the oil crisis with long gas lines. It brought it to an end. 
Friday night, Auburn disrupted my life. You can read that definition of disrupted ever how you want to. But disruption means an end also. Jesus here in the text says to these women, uh, verse 30, Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Here, Jesus is talking, scholars debate about one of two things. He's either talking about the destruction of Jerusalem some 35 years later by the Romans. And how in that day that they would wish that they had never been born. And that day that they would, they would ask the mountains to fall down upon them. Or some believe he's talking about the end of time. When God finally steps in to time and forever brings an end to evil. As he declares his kingdom fully realized here among us. Either way, this disruption of grace shows us something. That there will come a point in time when grace is no longer available. It is not something you and I ever wish to think about. It is not something that you and I want to, to dwell on or to, to ponder very often that there will be a day when grace is no longer available because of God's working in the world. So the question is, are you prepared for that day? Are you prepared for that day by having already received the grace of God into your life? And so when that day comes, you are fully prepared. Or even more pointedly, are you prepared for the day when grace is disrupted by having extended grace to everyone who needs it to ensure that they know grace? You see, very often when you and I think about the end of the age, we're thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about ourselves being right with God. We're thinking about our being able to, to see loved ones again. And all that is very important, beloved. But for just a moment, I want you to think about have you shown grace? Have you given grace have you led people to the source of grace that you need to that are not prepared for that day it is at the heart of the video we showed you this morning about who's your one because not only do we want to be ready on that day when grace is disrupted we want everybody we know to be as well. And so the question is, how disruptive is grace in your life? How disruptive? Has it changed your perspective? 
Has it changed how you act with people? Has it changed how you open yourself up to grace? Has it changed how you pray? Has it changed how you worship? Has it overthrown everything in your life? Children do that to us, right? Children change everything. I know that really well today. See, yesterday, I went to Daddy Dalter Day at Scarlett's Ballet Studio. And I took a ballet lesson. There are pictures. We give thanks to God that there are no videos that I know of. My right knee is killing me right now. Was it worth it? Yes. Why? Because almost four years ago, my life was disrupted. And I would do anything on earth for that disruption. It changed the order of our life. It changed how we thought about life. It ceased one form of our life. Now, Scout Rudder is a fantastic child of God. But God's gift of grace is far greater than anything that child will ever do or be. And if I allow her to disrupt my life in such a way that I was doing pirouettes and jumping, trying to maintain my hands above my head across Walker Dance Studio yesterday, imagine how much more I should do for the gift of grace that God has afforded to disrupt my life. How disruptive is God's grace to you today? Let's pray. Kind Father, I pray that today you would put before us a picture of just how disruptive you wish to be in our lives. And that, Lord, we would respond. That, Lord, we would respond and say, Lord, I'll do whatever, I'll change whatever. Just thank you for grace. That we would let grace disrupt us so that when the other disruption occurs, everyone we know would be ready. And we would know how sweet grace is that we would just bask forever in your eternal glory. 
Lord, speak to us. That we may hear you today. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.